What's up, people? And welcome to the 60th episode of the Feelings First Facts Later podcast with Nathan Mitchell and Christina. Hey. And uh, it feels like we have been in the 50s for... I know. Well, we were. Long. Yeah, we, we, were. Were in, we were in it for a long time. Right. More than 10 weeks. <laughs> more, than, yeah. more than what it should have been. Months. Months. But we are here, and I feel like this is going to be a pretty, uh, pretty informative episode. More informative than the previous yeah, one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think anyone learned anything from the previous episode except how we feel about uh, men not wanting to mm. masturbate and ejaculate and. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? What else are we talking about? Oh, uh, how, how we feel about apologies. Oh yes. So it's just all like yeah, super opinion based. Uh-huh. But uh, spoiler alert: there's going to be a lot of opinions in this one too. Aren't there always? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We're we're feelings first. There you uh, go. I think I think we just take out the facts altogether. <laughs> there's facts sometimes. Sometimes, but it's it's. I think even our facts is still a lot of anecdote. Okay, well, it's relationships. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah filled with a lot of anecdote. Right. So and studies based on what? Yeah. Exactly. Right. Based on what? Right. But uh. This is kind of something that was just added in last minute to what I wanted to talk about, but it, it kind of still goes into uh, everything that we had planned on talking about. And by we, I mean me. Yeah, hey, I was like, I don't even know what we're mm-hmm. talking about. I, I, I wanted it to be that way intentionally. I don't like that. I know, but you know, it's I not like fair because life. I feel like you get to like prepare for it, and that I just have to like, and because sometimes after the fact. I think of things, so I like to know for that reason. I know. I know. <laughs> but I kind of like your knee-jerk <sighs> okay. answer to things, so it just kind of works that way. <laughs> okay. And, and truth be told, truth be told, we have talked about everything that we're going to talk about today. Okay. So so right. everything I want to talk about That's is nothing then. besides this. So it was kind of breaking news, but I mean, whatever. Okay. But uh Studies have been showing that there have been a huge uptick in men Googling vasectomies or can mm-hmm. vasectomies be researched as well as an uptick in men signing up to get vasectomies since the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Okay. Which, which I found interesting only because of... Who says who? Physicians. Okay. Okay. So, so as far as the Google searching goes, it's just algorithm. So okay. Google. So okay. Google is saying, based on their search engine generator okay, okay. numbers, whatever, they've noticed that there has been an uptick in okay. those Google searches. Okay. And then surgeons have turned around and said there has been an uptick. So they're busier in... now. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now these numbers don't compare to the numbers of women that have gotten their t- their tubes tied or whatever they needed to do in order to get, I guess you say, neutered or spayed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, that procedure has been around for a lot longer than the vasectomy has. The vasectomy is fairly new in terms of using that as a form of contraception, right? Yeah, anything that has to do with men in that arena mm-hmm. is fairly new. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. So... Because it's fairly new, obviously, the numbers are not going to be anywhere near the numbers that women have been showing 
and what they well, also because I don't think men are more are as inclined to do that than as women are. Correct. In general. Correct. But now it seems like it's becoming more and more of a thing. And then just like anything over time, that procedure is probably going to be something that is going to be just normal and something that males decide to do without the fear or whatever may come of it after it's been, I guess, not necessarily better researched, but it's more common, not more common, but the live trials that are out there, right? The live experiences that, that have been out there. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Because the, the long term, like what happens long term hasn't necessarily been heavily researched because time just hasn't been on the side of long term yet mm-hmm. because this is still something that is fairly new. We don't know what it looks like. You know, I wonder what difference it would make because we know we know what what birth control looks like and mm-hmm. we know the damage it does, but no one cares. So well, I wonder if it affects men, if someone will care at that point. Well, that's why it's interesting about the whole uh, spike in it because of the reversal of the Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. So right now we're seeing males going, oh, wait, you mean abortions are not going to be readily available? So if I make this mistake. It's just not that easy erase button, that delete button mm-hmm. that I once had. Oh, maybe I should now do what I need to do regardless of how I feel about it. Okay. Or maybe I'm going to be more open to the idea of doing this because, hey, maybe I should do whatever it takes on my end to make sure that the thing that we're trying to prevent doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And what I really found kind of interesting and I, I guess kind of ironic is if the whole conspiracy behind a reversal Roe v. Wade is true, where there's an issue with the numbers of people as far as people, whoever it may be, are not replenishing the the numbers, right? What we, we talked about mm-hmm, before, mm-hmm. where... Um, well, I thought the conspiracy was more to do with white babies. Sure. But I, I just... just okay, I okay. was going to leave that out, but you brought that back in. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the whole point of that. Yeah, but, okay, but let's okay. just let's just say people in general, right? Okay. Let's say it's a people problem, not okay, particular it. to a race. But yes, the conspiracy revolved heavily around the white race. Okay. I found it funny that nature will always find a way. And what I mean by that is, okay, so you take away the ability for people to get abortions or you make it harder for them to have abortions being readily available to them like it was before, right? Mm-hmm. So you've taken that away. But people still go, wait a minute, I still don't want children, this newer generation of males. like mm-hmm. They still don't want to be fathers. They still don't want to have to carry the burden of raising children. So, okay, well, if you're going to block them, then I'm going to go ahead and do whatever it is that I need to do to make sure that that isn't taking place. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say, regardless of what people do as far as how they try to stop things, it, it clearly seems that evolution is moving in a direction where people are less likely to have children or they're not desiring having children. Mm-hmm. They're more on a journey of self or togetherness without seeds being mm-hmm. involved or slowing down whatever yeah. it is that they want to do, right. whether it be your career, fun, whatever it may be. Yeah. And so because that decision has already been made and that, I guess you could say, switch has been flipped Mm -hmm. and we're already going down that path. Well, you block it here because you're trying to, you still have an agenda of we need more people because we need whatever we need. Right. Yeah. They're now saying, "Hmm, okay, well, here's another way around it. Right. 
Right. I'd be interested to know what race of men the spike is in. Vasectomies? Mm-hmm. Well, I... Uh, let's... Uh, we, 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 we can Google that later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, I, w- I would be interested. But yeah, I would think would be it wouldn't be equal across the board. Oh, well, no, it, it usually never is. Right. right? It's usually one-sided. Yeah. No, with, with, with anything. And then the way numbers work, the more people of a specific race, they're always going to have the higher numbers with anything. Yeah. So I guess the more accurate number would be per capita as far as mm-hmm. the uptick or the spike in finding it. Now, what would be interesting would be to see how that's handled in the future. Because if there is an agenda to create more people, to have more people in the United States, so or whatever they're trying to do, then I would not be surprised if they found ways, and by they I mean the government or, or whoever is pushing the buttons, mm-hmm. making the decisions. I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to slow down whoever it is that they're looking for to get vasectomies. Like if they wouldn't have made, to make that step a little bit harder to get. Instead of it being as, I know in Florida, it's as easy as. Or it might, all it might take would be that one study to now say, oh, it's not as safe. Or, oh, it could cause these mm-hmm. problems. Now all of a sudden there's going to be research. And now all of a sudden there's mm-hmm. going to be all this data. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I, I don't know how it is in any other state, but there are billboards in Florida. That's always been like that, though. Right. So. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, Here, I'm, just, I'm just saying how easy it is, right? Yeah. Now, from, from my understanding, if you are of a certain age and you do not have children, then there is some sort of evaluation that is required. So if you're 21 with no kids and you just- I think it's yeah, the same for women too. I, you can't just go in there. From what I understand, yeah. you can't just go in there and just get clipped. And then they, they call it a wrap. But I also but don't there think there's these giant tape. hurdles you have to cross either. No, 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 no. Like a certain period of time or, or something. It's not that serious. Right. But if, in fact, there is this agenda of creating more people or having people create more people, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't be surprised if there is more red tape or, like you said, there is a little bit more of a, of a, a way to make it less appealing. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But while we're on that topic, just to kind of segue into where we're going to go into, which I guess the realm that we're really going into is the differences in, in men and women and, and why a lot of relationships see problems. And this is based on the new book that I'm reading, which is really interesting. And the book, I, you I could wish call I call that reading. Uh, yeah, it's being read to me. It's being read to me. At a very fast <laughs> speed. <laughs> so, I want you to play the speed at which you listen to audiobooks and see. <laughs> Get the people's opinion on it. Uh, so, so this woman judges me more than any human being on the planet. <laughs> and uh, I don't wait, which camera to I'm going to look at this camera because <laughs> the attention's on me right now. And uh, yes, I, I well, you know, most of the books that I have are are, are actual books, uh-huh. right? I just I don't know, but I don't know if you listen to audiobook because I I wouldn't know. Well, I'm telling you right now. Okay. Well, you've never heard me listen to a, an audiobook other than this one. But that doesn't mean you don't. But you would have heard it. 
just like you hear this one. Yes. So Audible was giving out that promotion Mm -hmm. for um, Prime Day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you sign up for three months for free and then they give you basically three credits to buy books. And if you buy a decent sized book, then it's one credit per book. So I, I get three free books. Okay. And of course, I decided to purchase the three books that are involved in self-help relationships, things like that. Okay. So one of the ones or the one that I'm listening to now is called how to make your marriage better without talking about it. Okay. I believe that's the title. I I could put it in the thing for anyone that's interested. Close enough. And so the book is basically broken down into two parts. Part one kind of gives a step-by-step guide into understanding what the difference is, is what the difference is, is in what what the difference is with the with the difference is, <laughs> why is the, why does this happen? i don't know because i what, what the, the differences di- are maybe i don't, I don't know but, we'll but, finish your sentence was that what i was originally gonna say i don't know i don't know either <laughs> <laughs> take two <laughs> it breaks down what the actual differences are <laughs> In men and women, because we always say, well, men are different than women and and there's this thing that 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 we don't understand. But no one ever really tells you like, okay, well, what does that actually mean? So this book actually takes the time to break down based on the research and everything that that they have done, these studies. How we're different in general, how we're different. Well, I guess ultimately and how we can what how we're different and how we communicate, I guess. But why? Both. Right. Okay. okay. Right. Why do we communicate differently? Okay. Why do we have different needs? Why do we require? Okay. Well, I guess that's the same thing, but why we require different, why we require different things within a relationship to the point where men don't understand women and women don't understand men. And, and as they break everything down from the ground up and by ground up, I mean, they're talking about just the differences between males and females from a baby. And how they interact with the world and then how the way that they interact with the world then changes the way the world interacts with them. And then, of course, there is some uh, social or society, whatever. What what, what, what am I trying to say? Not social constructs. Can I say that? Norms. Norms. I guess societal norms. There is some of that, that that's involved. Okay. But then even then... You then ask yourself, okay, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Why do we treat boys this way? Why do we treat girls this way? Is this actual society or is this something that has been happening since the beginning of time, that that difference? Because it's like an innate thing. Correct. Okay. And again, that just stems from day one of how a, a child interacts with the world or how okay. an infant interacts with the world. And then- how that then evolves into men and women or males and females of today and as an adult and the things that you seek in the relationship. Okay. So that was part one. And then part two then, which I'm not complete with, but part two then tries to educate the reader on how to go about taking everything that they just learned and applying it to the relationship without hitting those hot buttons. And I guess be able to set up a way where communication can happen effectively 
without putting anyone in the corner of saying, hey, we need to talk, which would then set off all sorts of red flags and barriers and different things that man. happen for a man and a woman. Okay. Right? Because one of the things that they, they talked about, and just to kind of clarify that, because I know you and I have been talking about this, mm-hmm. so what's triggering to a man is hearing a woman say, we need to talk, or there's something wrong, or mm-hmm. things like that. But then if a man does decide to actually share his feelings, different things are heard from the woman. So then the conversation that's being had isn't actually the words that are being said. But women hear it differently. And men too. Okay, okay. So it's not, it's not just women. It's, okay. it's men too. And, but that, the reason why that occurs is because of that, that fear that women have, that fear of uh, uh, emotional disconnect, that fear of being abandoned. And then the, the men get blocked off because of their shame and, and feeling of inadequate, you know, being inadequate. Okay. But I say all that to say that is what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> so Got it. This, this article that I read today is a good segue into that. And uh, this article was basically talking about why dating has become so hard for men. Now, before we've talked about why dating has become so hard for women. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what episode we talked about, but uh, that was basically focusing on uh, the, the roles and things like that and, and, and not necessarily understanding roles in society and how roles in society can alter dating experiences because of xyz yada 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 am i losing no i got it i'm probably losing everyone that's listening (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think so uh but long story less long it was referring to women being caught in the standards of today like what is required of a woman what Mm -hmm. is required of a lady and then the 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 walls that they hit when they are trying to date someone of the opposite sex the 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 males and running into an issue where they don't know how to kind of take their dick off the dick that they wear every day the metaphorical dick that they wear every day in society and Mm -hmm. take it off in order to allow that masculine male exude his masculine energy and and you take it in with your feminine energy right but again everything could be reversed it could be that the woman plays a masculine role and the man right. plays a feminine role if it works in that relationship however yada 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 but this one focuses on the the pitfalls that males have been facing and the first thing that the article, so the article touched on three different things. I'm going to read two of them. The first one, I'm just going to paraphrase it. And it basically talked about pretty much how dating apps are kind of skewed in the favor of the female. They were looking at Hinge and I'm sure they looked at every other dating app, but they were really focusing on Hinge in this particular article. But they were saying that 65% of the users that are on dating apps are males. Okay. Right. And so because of that, so it, the disparity isn't that big, like, no, it's not that, okay. it's not that big, but it's, it's enough to where this becomes a, 
it becomes more competitive for men. The dating world becomes more competitive for men because you're competing for fewer women. But I think that's just how... I was going to say, isn't that just life? Like in real life that way? Well, depending on where you live. Okay. Right? Because some places like uh, Georgia... I'm saying if I'm like thinking Atlanta. of like the who's pursuing who, wouldn't men be pursuing women? So... You know, that's Correct. what I'm saying. I, yes, yeah. I get what you're saying. Regardless of the numbers, the numbers men right. are always competing for the, the attention, attention of a woman right. and making sure that they get it over another, another man. man. Right. Correct. Right. It's just in the world of the dating app, mm-hmm. it is harder for males simply because it is, what, 65 to 35, right? Okay. As far as males and females. Hang on. That's why I feel like it was making that sound. I don't know if okay. you were hearing it. I no, was hearing it. So because of this, it has put women in a position of they have a lot more males to choose from. The males are finding it harder for them to get first dates because of this competition that's out there. Okay. And um, that was basically the, the first part of the article. And that was kind of like a warm up as to why it's becoming harder for men to date and why we're seeing more And this article, particularly focused on heterosexual males okay. and why heterosexual males are finding themselves single for longer and how this actually might get worse before it gets better. I could see that. So guys out there that are looking for a relationship, it appears that it's going to be a little bit harder for you all. Now, my my only pushback to that article would be out of those 65 heterosexual males out there that are looking for heterosexual women, mm-hmm. right? How many of those males are actually looking for a relationship? That was that was what I was going to ask. Versus how many out there yeah. are just looking for a, a hookup. Right. Right. And I and I think women have done a good job at weeding them out. Mm-hmm. Weeding out the fuck boys, weeding out the the bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't take long or much. Mm-hmm. Right. I would imagine that any female out there that is a, a heterosexual female looking for a heterosexual male partner, they will more than likely be able to put themselves in a position where the person that they're landing a first date with is at least on the same playing field as they are mm-hmm. or at least they feel that way mm-hmm. right yeah so if there is so if there is a woman out there looking for a long-term relationship and it just so happens that this guy isn't he's just looking for a hookup yeah more than likely he did a really good job at disguising himself as a, a sheep right right as opposed to the wolf that he is and i'm just using that as an as an example right so i would imagine that the the males out there that are getting those first dates are either looking for long-term relationships like the like the the woman is, mm-hmm. or they just pretended so well that she just didn't know the difference. So at least get to the first date. Right. Or on the flip side, maybe this woman isn't looking for anything long-term. She is looking for just a hookup or something just to kind of... Do women really have to pretend, though? No, no, no. I'm not saying the woman's pretending. Okay. I'm saying that... What I'm saying that if there is that difficulty in that heterosexual male that is looking for a long-term relationship with oh. women, if they, would if Ben there really are, be mad at that? What? 
if that's what they're running into. What 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 men be mad at that? Yeah. No, 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 no. We're talking about men having a hard time. Okay. So what I'm saying is, is that if this guy that is looking for something long term, uh-huh. if he's having a hard time. <laughs> I just I can't imagine a man, even if he is looking for something long term, complaining that all he's finding are women to hook up with. Well, you're, you're missing what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that that woman, if there is a woman out there that is just looking for something short term quick, uh-huh. she's not going to, she might not waste time with the guy that's, that's looking like he's looking for something long term because of him getting clingy or things like that. Okay. So that long term guy might be put to the side yeah. because of, and what I was saying before, he might be put to the side because she either chose someone else mm-hmm. that is looking for long-term. And if she is looking for something short-term, she might just go with the guy that's looking for something right. short-term. So okay, now he's being pushed to the side. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that if he ran into her, then, then he would have issues. Okay. No. I don't know. I'm just kind of over-analyzing <laughs> why okay. people out there might have a hard time. Okay. But the second part of the article was stating that relationship standards – so with so many options, it's not surprising that women are increasingly selective. I do, or she says she does a TikTok live or she has an audience, yada, yada, yada. And she hears recurring dating themes from women between the ages of 25 and 45. They prefer men who are emotionally available, good communicators, and share similar values. So I read this and I immediately thought, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Like what? Like on the surface, it means what I mean. Right. Right. Correct. So then you you could read through that and be like, oh, okay. Right. And keep it moving. But, but I, I know where you were going. Right. Right. Where I'm going with this is, okay, yes, in a in a in a perfect world, mm-hmm. you would certainly want someone that is emotionally available. They're mm-hmm. good at communicating, and they share similar values. Right. It seem it sounds simple enough. It, it does. It, it does. sounds it sounds simple enough and it sounds reasonable and it sounds fair. Yeah. However, if if these qualities are going to be the reason why you don't move forward in a relationship because you're looking for this picture perfect guy with all these attributes, it it can almost come off as you're looking for a girlfriend. Yeah. You're looking for a best friend, mm-hmm. girlfriend, someone that you you key key kick it with, gonna listen to all your stories. Who's yada, also yada. gonna be your lover, who and you know, um, potentially a provider or at least like mm-hmm. you know someone along those lines. So yeah, that would seem like a hard. Um, well, clearly it is <laughs> a hard thing to find. Right. It almost sounds like. It almost sounds like women are kind of setting themselves up for failure, because if you're if you're asking for a girlfriend, and then now, and by yeah. girlfriend I mean a, a woman best friend, like you're looking for those qualities that you have in her, and yeah. you're looking for that in your man, male, whatever you want to call uh-huh. it, then you're 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 making your life harder than what it needs to be, because you're you're asking for for something that is more than likely not. It's not possible for, or maybe it, maybe not impossible. Not impossible, but I don't know if you're going to be able to get that right off the bat. It's going to come with a lot of work. Right. So, so one of the things that kind of helped me come to this conclusion was after reading this part one, and and then of course not just throwing my eggs all into this one basket, but I've read multiple books about uh, gender roles and and 
who we are innately, Mm -hmm. right? Who we are to our core. Asking for a male to be emotionally available, right? And be that good communicator at all times, immediately. You're asking for you're asking for a, a man that has already done the work, mm-hmm. right? Because naturally that's, that's just not who we are, yeah. right? And one of the things that this book was highlighting is that early on, even in infancy, you can pick up a baby boy and a baby girl. You pick up a baby boy and that baby boy is more than likely not going to be able to maintain eye contact for a long period of time. Because that's just to the girls, comparison yeah. to the girls, right? The girls, you're able to look them in the eyes and they they keep eye contact with you because from from the very beginning, girls are in seek of that emotional connection, mm-hmm. that emotional availability. They want that bond. They need that bond. Males, on the other hand, don't don't particularly need it as much as the the females do. Okay. So researchers have been finding out, and I, I guess anyone could really do it if they have a, a, a boy and a girl. When you pick up a baby boy, he's going to drop eye contact with you and it's going to take him a while before he then looks back at you and main, maintain eye contact. It doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't require that emotional bond and that emotional attachment. But not to the level. But not to the yeah. level of the girl, the girl mm-hmm. right? And then that then alters how you handle the, the boy. Right. So typically what we do as parents when that boy loses contact you go oh and you try to tickle him and play with him you know to get him and so now he's distracting you're getting his attention in a playful way in a whole different way Mm -hmm. when ultimately i guess what this book was saying the right thing to do would be just let him have his time let him and he'll come back when he's ready And he'll come back when he's ready yeah another thing that that this book was illustrating or or what they were trying to point out is if you take a, a again an infant boy and an infant girl, the boy is okay with being alone for longer periods of time. The girl is not okay because from early on she has the fear of abandonment. She has the fear of losing emotional connection with the people around her. While the boy isn't necessarily concerned about that. Now that doesn't mean that he doesn't need these things. It doesn't mean <laughs> right. that you just leave him there and he'll be fine. But <laughs> right, right. It, it just it's just not required as much. So I say all that to say, if people understand that, where, you know, you're asking for that emotional communication or that emotional availability, Ability. you're mm-hmm. asking for that good communication, you're asking for someone that has done all the work. And a lot of times that might not happen until that person is in a relationship with the other person. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, you might get lucky enough to where you're dealing with someone that has done all the work with another partner. Right. <laughs> yeah. And for whatever reason, even then that relationship still failed. Yeah. Or maybe they failed the relationship and they did the research to figure out what they could do better moving forward. Yeah. But a lot of times until you're in those situations where you're looking at yourself going, hey, how the hell did I get here? And how do I make sure that I I don't make these same mistakes? You're not going to find that guy that's out the box, emotionally available and a great communicator and, and things like that. Now, one thing that this book did talk about was uh, they did a study on men and women earlier on, early on in relationships and the chemicals that are involved in falling in love, right? They also 
create a um a deep emotional bond with the two people right because those chemicals are firing so naturally within this period of falling in love which 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 they say is somewhere between three to nine months that's mm -hmm. how long it, it lasts males are and females too but males have a heightened sense into noticing like subtle emotional changes and cues within their partner which creates this this ultimate bond that they have early on where it and then it gets to a point where it ends up depleting it ends up going away mm -hmm. and then once it goes away that's where people find themselves in a relationship where they feel like the honeymoon phase is over with mm -hmm. right i get it so really what the honeymoon phase is is that heightened sense of emotions that heightened sense of connectivity because men are noticing more subtle cues from yeah your your tone your demeanor everything uh -huh. and they're more sensitive to those things and they're more reactive because they're noticing it same with the woman and then once that's run its course then now this is where it's time to do the work to figure out what you need to do to to sustain to that. sustain it to keep it going yeah because at that point that's where things start to dwindle and that's where the insecurities start to show their head in both parties right that in both sense. women who are uh fearful of that emotional disconnection and that feel of being abandonment or, or not loved and males having that that uh shame that feeling of being inadequate because they can't be that lever provider or whatever it is that they need to be for the woman got right? it so to go back to the point that I was trying to make before when I read this and the things that they're asking for, it seems as if, yes, on paper, that's not asking for a lot. You're asking for someone to be emotionally available. But what do you mean by that? Yeah. What does that look like to you? Right. Because there, there's levels to that. Right. Right. And, and that might look different for different women. Mm -hmm. Some women may require more of that, less than that. Like, what does that look like to you? Right. And now I, it's quite possible that I'm looking too deep into this. Right. So that emotional availability could just mean something as simple as I just want someone that's just open to being in a relationship. Someone that's yeah, open or... to love. Someone that's not going to put up blockers. Right. Mm -hmm. But as far as like that deep rooted and that's what I'm thinking of, that deep rooted emotional availability. That long lasting. Long lasting yeah. where you're looking for someone that's going to be vulnerable and is going to express everything to you yeah you're asking for a lot and same with great communication yes i think it is fair on a surface level to ask for someone that you can communicate with you can have conversations with mm -hmm. blah 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 blah. Right. whatever that may need because everyone has their own depth some people are super shallow and they don't require much some people require a lot analytical thinking and trying to peel back layers and all sorts of other things. And you could be a great communicator in certain areas, but then it might take a lot for you in a different category. Mm -hmm. So there's that too. Right. But if what you're asking for is a guy that's out of the box and by, by great communicator, for example, let's say, let's say you and I get into uh, an argument, mm -hmm. right? And the, the argument is based on something that I did that made you feel some type of way. Mm -hmm. A great communicator could look like, hey, I, I understand how they made you feel. I want to validate those feelings. I'm sorry. I would do better. This is what I meant by that. Right. 
Okay. That would be a form of a, a great communicator. And then you, on the other hand, will open up the idea to listening to what I have to say and what I meant by it, even though it doesn't necessarily discredit how it made you feel. Mm-hmm. And then now we can have this harmonic conversation. <laughs> yeah, right? but that's not that But easy. it doesn't work that way, right? <laughs> yeah. Out the box, the way it works is I do something that made you upset. Uh-huh. I wasn't trying to make you upset. Yeah. In, in no way did I try to make you upset. My natural reaction would be, but I didn't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. And then, so if I just say that, which would be what would happen out the box, mm-hmm. then now you hear me saying that your feelings are not valid. It, it doesn't matter, yada, 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 when I'm not saying that. And then it goes into the spiral thing. And mm-hmm. now I feel like a piece of shit and I'm trying to talk my way out of looking like an asshole. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the whole time, you just want me to validate your feelings. Right. Right. So- Maybe they don't mean it that way when they say great communicator, but when I thought about great communicator. I think communicator, to the core, yes. Right. I think to the core, yes. Right. But again, if you're asking for that and then if you don't get that, then uh-huh. you feel like you have a broken man. You have a failed man. I need to get rid of him and try again. Without understanding that without, that's just not the way that men right. function. Correct. Correct. Then you're setting yourself or up. Or that, that they can, but that takes work. It takes a lot of work. Right. Because it's, it's going to take a lot of understanding and yeah. then reprogramming, understanding and then reprogramming. And then that that also could be draining for you and understanding that part, too. Which which is great that you said that, because one of the things that they highlighted in the book is that confrontation and conflicts within a relationship, uh, male and female, it is literally draining on demand. So what happens is when men feel shame and the feeling and or the feeling of being inadequate, and this is along the lines of anything, right? Not just a relationship, anything. They say that there is a spike in cortisol, which is the stress hormone, right? Which literally drains that man. So that then puts him in fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And in order to balance that out, then now you have adrenaline to fill those gaps in order to bring back those energy levels that have been depleted. Hmm. So, and that happens instantly. Yeah. So they say, they say that it can happen as soon as a man hears, let's say a door slam. As soon as a, a man hears, we need to talk. As soon as a man hears, uh, I, I thought I told you this before mm-hmm. that feeling of shame mm-hmm. kicks in and those cortisol levels spike. And so there's like a physical down, reaction, it's a physical reaction that takes place. So without understanding that on both sides, mm-hmm. then it's easy for you to be seen as a, a, an emotionally immature, emotionally immature, uh-huh. not not yeah, an not effective com- communicator, right. which all, those things could be true, uh-huh. right? but not necessarily, but not necessarily because you might be great in every other aspect, mm-hmm. but in that you're not great because you're not understanding what's happening. And then on her, she's not understanding what's happening. Right. Right. And so then you find yourself not being a great communicator because the natural thing to do for a man in those situations would be to separate himself from the situation, separate right. the, separate himself from the thing that causes him the shame or the feeling of being inadequate. Right. Or if you're not in control of your emotions, blowing up. Blowing up. Yeah. Right. And, and again, it, but the reason for that would be all of that to, to feel right to fill to balance out those stress hormones, those hormones that yeah. are happening. 
you balance that out with the uh, adrenaline and, and everything else that comes with. And I, I could be saying the wrong thing that that come with um, being angry or even fleeing. Right. And then instead of being like the woman who finds herself gaining comfort in, they called it tending and befriending. So the woman finds comfort in it expressing her emotions, expressing her feelings. And so she typically has girlfriends mm -hmm. that she communicates with and they communicate their issues and yada, yada, yada. And that actually builds their bond closer. She then thinks that I'm not building this bond here. Why can I build it here? But I can't build it here. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's handling it the way he knows how to handle it, which would be to bury himself in work, bury himself in projects, hobbies, working out, whatever he needs to do. That's the opposite of yeah, dealing with the thing that's yeah. causing him shame and, and whatever it may be. And so then both parties are finding themselves not communicating hmm. and the blames on one person. And in all actuality, a lot of the times the blame is just on both parties, not understanding one another. Hmm. <laughs> that was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense. Right. So again, Maybe I just looked at this part of the article and I was like, eh, I'm, I'm overreading it or I'm overthinking it. But maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I, I think you could say both things. Like you say, both things can be true. But I, as a woman, mm -hmm. when, you, when you say those things, it sounds simple, but it's not. Mm -hmm. Like what you're requiring of a man, it's not that simple because relationships are not simple and people are not simple. So it does. I, I think it is appropriate to go that deep. Right. Now, on a surface level, yes, you get a guy that's a dud, can't hold a conversation, <laughs> talking about himself or whatever. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. Or, or even you all don't share the same values, which that's kind of easy to find out. Yeah. And that's why I'm not even going to, I can't argue that point. I mean, no. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty solid and, yeah. and easy to, to understand. Right. So the third part of it was skill deficits. For men, this means a relationship skills gap that if not addressed will likely lead to fewer dating opportunities, less patience for poor communication skills and longer periods of being single. The problem for men is that emotional connection is the lifeblood of healthy long-term love. Emotional connection requires all the skills that families are still not consistently teaching their young boys. While there's probably no chance for stemming, did I, did I write that right? Stemming the rising tide of, I don't know, unintentional single men, there is still good news. The algorithms are becoming increasingly more complex in dating apps on, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe that came out wrong. Oh, dating apps and other online platforms. One benefit is that great matches are on the rise. Hinge, one dating app found that they thought in the beta trials that, that I, and I and I stopped reading there. Um, well, I didn't really stop reading. I, I read the rest of the article. I just didn't feel that that part was even necessary. And I, I wish I would have stopped off at the algorithm because my only issue is with the algorithm is that sure, the algorithm, and maybe I don't understand how the alg algorithm exactly works because I'm just a nigga from Cleveland. So... <laughs> If there's some, someone out there that, that understands it and you're like, you don't get it, you're right. I don't get it. But from what I understand, the algorithm, sure, the algorithm might be good at judging what you might like based on the facial features that you swipe right on. Okay. It might do a good job at 
determining what comments or what things were said in your profile that you might swipe right on. But where I think the algorithm or what I think the algorithm cannot predict is what happens once you all meet up. Right. What happens once you all match and you all have a conversation. I guess it's saying like just getting to that point, at least making it easier to get to that point. Yeah, but but everything that's highlighted that women said that they have an issue with, I don't think an algorithm can can judge. No, I agree. Because I'm sure for every algorithm out there that is trying to determine these things, there are also algorithms out there or there are computer generated or or just things that males out there can Google, how do I make myself more appealing to women? Mm-hmm. And then they can just flood their profile with this and put pictures with that on like, okay, well, they like to see a picture with a puppy. They like yeah. to see a picture. They don't want to see a gym selfie. They want to see a selfie with you look like you're presenting a slideshow or I, I don't know, <laughs> whatever it may be. I don't, I don't, I don't know. But uh, I say all that to say that the problems that women are having seem like they rear their heads after the yes. algorithm yeah. has matched up. Right. Because only time will tell only certain time. things. Yeah. Right. 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 right, right. So w- one of the things that they talked about, uh, the emotional connection required all the skills that families are still not consistently teaching their young boys. So the book was talking about that. And, uh, there, there, the book was saying that there is a social disconnect as far as where boys, especially when they go into teen, into, into the teenager phase. And there is something that, that takes place where once boys are at the age where they feel like that they're about to separate from the pack, they find themselves becoming emotionally disconnected in preparation for the life of finding a new pack or not like emotionally disconnected from their family, emotionally disconnected from the family. Okay. okay. Right. Because Which, they're about, they're getting ready to leave. They're guess, getting ready right? to leave. Right. And become a man and do their own thing. Right. And so if those things are not tended to properly, you know, and, and recognized and I, yeah, I, I guess just say if, if they're not nurtured properly, then you could find yourself in a position where males are finding themselves more and more emotionally unavailable. Altogether. Altogether, right. And one of the quotes that they had in here, which I thought was a very powerful quote, is a a man or a male without shame is very dangerous and often unlovable. Mm. So, So that quality that makes relationships harder Mm -hmm. with females that shame and that feeling of being inadequate is also something that balances out that necessary and is necessary for all aspects of life right Mm -hmm. because that shame or that feeling of losing your status and things like that that then that then kind of is the fuel that is needed in order to light the fire and keep the fire going to want to do better Mm-hmm. To, to to try to make sure that you know the boss doesn't have to call you out on something, so you don't have to have those feelings. Mm-hmm. To make sure that you are trying to be the best provider you could be, even yeah, though you don't, you don't disappoint. Yeah, correct, yeah. and make corrections. However, if there's not if that's not there, then you're just absolutely shameless, and you just don't you just 
you're taking it as, as is. Hmm. So, uh, so I, I did find that part interesting and, uh, is because there there is some truth behind that. But again, I I wonder where does that come from? Is what came first, the chicken or the egg? Are we are we treating males like this because society is telling us to, or are we treating males like this because that that's just how we get the response that we need from the males? The way we have been treating boys. Correct. Okay, because my head goes to where we're treating boys differently now and we're creating different men. Right, and we're creating... Which also seems like it's not working. <laughs> and watch this. We're creating males that are are not in seek of relationships, mm-hmm. are not in seek of sex. And, and by not, okay, maybe I shouldn't say not. In f- fewer numbers, right, in comparison to what... It used to be. It used to be, mm-hmm. right? we're seeing that there are more males out there that are interested in not having children, right? Being mm-hmm. the, the, the term is, uh, it's not childless. It's, uh, child free, I think okay. child free. And the reason why they split those two terms is childless then creates this idea that, you're lacking something. You're missing something. Mm-hmm. You're missing out on something. While child free is it's your choice, like your and that, yeah. But even then, and it, you know, it it, it sounds kind of like children are a problem, like they're a cancer or something like that. Where it's <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> have you had kids? No, no, no. Children are 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 a beautiful thing. But unfortunately, it's one of those things where you don't know how beautiful it can be until you have them. Right. It's just it's, it's it's not an experience that you can compare to anything else. No, no, you and be like, oh, okay, I didn't need to do that because I got, I, I understand. Right. Like, no, you could never. So the argument would be like, how do you know you don't want one until you, you know, until you have one, and then you know you didn't want one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but where we were getting at was, um, the males that are being created today are. They're 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 not they're not being created in the way, and and maybe some are maybe maybe there are a lot more I I don't know but it but it appears that they're not being created in a way where it's going to make these women happy the ones that are requiring these things right because fewer men are are even finding themselves at the point where they're at the the interest phase to even create conversation like interested in women mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but it's but it's so wild because and again this is just this just is just uh what happens when culture and technology and everything just accelerates as fast as it has been accelerating right mm-hmm. if you look at the past 100 years the role of the male has changed significantly within even the household right you know, if you, this is 2022. So if you go back to 1920s, right, mm-hmm. what a male looked like looked completely different than, than what's required of them today. Back then it was, you were mainly the hunter gatherer, right? You were out there working. The woman was in the house for the most part. Uh, the relationship that, that was had with the male, even with the wife, it, more so with the children, 
was kind of zero, right? It wasn't yeah. it wasn't much of a relationship. Not yeah, like you'll, it is you'll, today. You're, you'll hear older people be like, "My dad never talked, or I I don't know anything about him as right. a person." Like, right? He worked. He came home, and that was it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the lines, in like the fifties and sixties, yeah. there was a push to have the males more in the home, mm-hmm. right? Because now women are working because of the war and they're out there doing things. So now it's like we have more of a, I guess you say more, it was more of a family as opposed to there was somebody out there making sure that all the lights stayed on while the woman basically maintained the house, maintained the house and, and raised the children. And then decades later, now you see fathers becoming more of like the, the friend of, mm-hmm. you know, like you're, you're building an actual bond and friendship with the father, which mm-hmm. wasn't taking place before. Yeah. Right. I would imagine that my relationship with my father is way stronger than, or, or, you know, way better in terms of how I feel about him than his relationship with his father. Right. Yeah. Like I know I'm, way more I'm, about my father. And even your grandfather with his father. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And now we're seeing where it's, it's almost we're to the point where children know too much. True. Right. There's, there's really no separation. Mm-hmm. So even someone like myself where, and you and I, we, we've had these conversations where I kind of have more of an old school mentality as far as what my relationship looks like with, or what I think my relationship should look like with my children, as far as what they know about me or what I say around them or how I even act around them. Mm-hmm. Right. I lean more towards that side of being what I would consider more of a traditional father. And by traditional, I just mean what I saw, right? Yes, I'm on the floor tickling you and having a good time and playing and talking and yada, yada, yada. But I'm not, you know, sharing my entire opinion of the world with you. you Or maybe like that would just be age appropriate. Maybe you would do that. When if your sons are older, oh yeah, one hundred percent. You're talking about like when they're little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. For, for for example, and this is just becoming more the norm, right? As far as how males are interacting with their, from what I've been seeing, their sons. But uh, I w- I was in a home, and uh, this patient of mine was having a conversation with me with his like 14, 15 year old son in the room, and he, he's saying, you know damn, I was going to hit that bitch in the face if they wouldn't, you know, da 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 Just to me, first of all, talking crazy, but then talking crazy in front of your kid. Yeah. Like, that's something I would, I come from the line of, hey, grown folks are talking, go go into another room. <laughs> right. And so I would still do that. Yeah. Even with my 15, you know, 16-year-old. Yeah, hey, it's hey, not hey, appropriate. Hey, grown, grown folks are talking. You know, we'll, we'll tell you when, you when you when you can come back. Yeah. And so maybe I'm just a bit antiquated. As far as how I think a relationship should go. But I say all that to say the role of the male has changed significantly over the past 100 years. But even the past 50 years, 40 years, 30 years, I mean, it is just wild to the point where we're now not only demanding or women are not only demanding that he's around and he you know, is there for his children and he's a friendly and yada, yada, yada. But we now want him to be completely reprogrammed and be emotionally available and mm-hmm. be all these things and not have shame. Because if there is shame or the feeling of being inadequate or the fear of that, 
we call that pride, right? Mm-hmm. We, we put labels on things. And, and there are some males out there that are very prideful and, you know, whatever comes with that. But a lot of times the word pride is thrown out there when it's just the, the fear of being shamed mm-hmm. or the fear of feeling inadequate. For instance, you and I have been in arguments, and this is kind of to piggyback off of the, the example that I used before. You and I have been in situations where I've done something to make you upset, right? And you're trying to tell me how it made you feel. You want me to see it from your lens, right? Now, uneducated me, at the same time, was trying to want you to see that I wasn't being an asshole because my entire being does not want you to see me as an asshole. Right. Right. I want you to see me as a good guy that inadvertently made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Right. That I did something that I didn't think was a big deal, but to you it was a big deal. And I understand that it was a big deal to you. I just want you to, to, to say that I'm not an asshole, that you don't see me that way. Now, because because now we're arguing two different things, right? Right. Then because I keep on coming back so that you don't think that I'm an asshole, then now I look like I'm filled with pride and I just need to be right. (laughs) When it's not like I don't need to be right, I just need you to know that I'm not an asshole. Right. Right? Same with we throw the word needy out Mm -hmm. for women. We throw the word needy out when they're when they're fearful of that emotional disconnect, when they're fearful of being abandoned, when they're fearful or they feel like they're not being loved in that moment, mm-hmm. right? We call them needy when they ex- express that. Right. So I say all that to say we throw these blanket terms out as almost like a pejorative, right? When in all actuality is just the lack of understanding of what the what the other person is is wanting, right or, or requiring requiring, right. I feel like I got lost in that. <laughs> no, I was gonna say which we started talking about this earlier, but we stopped. Mm-hmm. But. You were saying how men look completely different than they did 100 years ago as far as their roles in the house. Okay. And I was saying, so does the role of a woman. Correct. Looks completely different. Correct. So I wonder, you know, if they just have to do with each other. The things that are being expected of men are now because there's different things being expected of women. Not to say that it's all good or all bad. But mm-hmm. I think they do play off of each other. Right. Because we are sharing a lot of the roles. There or even sometimes role reversals. There's men who stay home with the kids now. Mm-hmm. Yep. What does that look like? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. And I think it's hard. And clearly we're working through it mm-hmm. as a society. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see what ends up happening eventually. Right. But I think that has a lot. To the role of a woman has changed, so the role of a man has changed, and then in turn, correct what you're saying. 
these things are coming up. Correct. And and where I was getting at, and this is all anecdote because I don't know shit from shit, but where I was getting at is that the requirement of the role of the man to change is a direct result of the role of the woman changing and not the other way around, right? I think it's safe to say, and again, I could be wrong. I'm just a nigga from Cleveland. But I think it's safe to say that the role of women or the evolution of women is is like triple that of or way more than that of the man, right? Yeah. We're still kind of being cut from the same fabric, cut from the same cloth, right? The the mold it's the mold, right? We've always been working, we've always been doing da 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 da. Yes, there are outliers and you know, there is a difference in how things are handled, you know, but as far as the role of the woman in the past 50, 60 years, or well, I guess 70 years from the fifties during the war to today, mm-hmm. right? You all have done a complete, yeah. right? Because you all went from not working outside of the home mm-hmm. to now working outside of the home. We've always been working outside of the home. Yeah. There's women who have grandmothers who never worked. Right. And, and just stayed home and had kids to now the woman who were only works and maybe decided not to have children. So mm-hmm. it's a completely different woman right. in some cases. Right. Yeah. Right. So where I was getting at with that is, is yes, there is a, I guess, newer demand on males to react differently or, or, or be different amongst society. But it almost seems like this is just a, like a jolt. Like this is happening, boom! Like whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, yo, so you need me to just completely <laughs> do what's different of what I've been doing because yeah. I've been doing the same thing for forever. Right. And so and was now, my dad and my grandfather, and all, yeah. And now I'm being <laughs> yeah. asked of to do something that is more on the different, more on the emotional side, yeah. More on like what's innate versus, you know, and this is not. Because this is almost like comparing uh, apples to oranges, right? Completely different thing. Where women emotionally haven't been asked to do much different, right? We we still uh, treat you all with the same... Well, obviously, it's a little bit different in, in comparison to how men treat women um, from back in the day to today. But as far as changing who you are innately... It's it's not really being asked of you all, right? What's changed about you all is how you all work and how you all are now, you know, able to fend for yourself and be a, a independent thing separate of Yeah, a but man. that does require you to play a certain role that is not necessarily Correct. innate. Correct. But it's not being asked of you by the male. Typically. And again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know. What What do you mean by that exactly? For instance, in, in a relationship, uh-huh. right? Males are being asked by women to, to do and evolve and completely different on the emotional side. Okay. Right? In order to be a better uh, partner. Partner. Right? Mm-hmm. Males typically aren't asking that of women. Your evolution came with you all thriving for that freedom, thriving for that independence, uh-huh. thriving for everything. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So your your evolution has happened almost at your volition. Okay. Right? 
while while ours is kind of like a hey, I need you to do this or this kind of thing. And again, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I'm just taking the side of males. But I I I feel like I'm I'm being a, a bit objective when I say that, or I feel like I'm being objective when I say that. Okay. Now society has placed the demand on the woman to work alongside the male in order to live a more comfortable life just because of how expensive things are and how it is a lot harder to function on a one income society. But again, then when my brain starts analyzing it and going deep into a rabbit hole and yada, 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 then I ask, okay, well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Why are we at this point where it costs so much to live? Why do goods and things like that cost so much? Is it because of the fact that a two income home is a thing? So now we can charge extra because it, people are going to end up buying it because they can almost afford it. Versus if that was, if that, if that was never an option, then we wouldn't be where we are now. If that makes sense. I mean, I see what you're saying. I guess it's not that simple, I guess, or that black and white. Not that yeah, black and white, but, right. but what I'm saying is, is that like, there's always that, that, that loop pattern, right? Yeah. For instance, if we all stopped buying milk, mm -hmm. then the cost of milk will go down. Yeah. Right. If we all couldn't afford it at this price, then it would become a price that's more affordable. Mm -hmm. However, you know, the, the price of homes have gone up significantly since the fifties. Right. Yeah. And, and I know that there's inflation. So the, the dollars worth differently than, than it was back then. So I know it's, it's deeper than just saying that a house is worth more, but it, objectively <laughs> yeah. percentage wise it is. Yeah. Right. But a lot of that comes from the fact that homes can be afforded requiring a mm -hmm. two income home because that is a thing. If that was never a thing, then it would s still be affordable based on a one income home. And again, this is all, hypothetical mm -hmm. and you know it, it I, who the fuck knows I, maybe i you know, just throw everything out that i just said but that's where my brain goes and that's what i'm saying i'm not saying that that's rooted in fact or anything like that it's just that's where my brain goes yeah but uh, well, i don't know i don't know if i misunderstood what you were saying because I, I guess i didn't get clarity or maybe i just what, what i was saying was is that society has made it so where women are forced to be in a position of having a career. No, what, what I wasn't done saying what I was going to say. I was going to say that you were saying that men aren't asking that of women. And by that, you mean like that they have a job or what do I, I missed what you were saying? What I was saying part. was where the evolution that women have taken uh -huh. from like, let's say the fifties on right. where now you all are completely independent and you all can right, careers, that. bosses, mm -hmm. In, a, in some cases, you see families where a woman is the, the primary breadwinner, uh -huh. right? That evolution, from what I understand, and, and I know in the war it was required because men were out, men were dying, so women had to start working. Like, I, I know about all that. But what I'm saying is, is that that wasn't directly asked by men. You see what I'm saying? Like, that was, that was something that benefited you all because it was... It was freedom. It was gaining more independence, right? Okay. From, from what I think the difference is, is that women are 
asking men to make this emotional change Mm -hmm. in them. It's being required in order to be what these people consider a, a reliable, loving, you know, partner. Right. That's why I'm saying the difference is. Okay. Because everything else about us, for the most part, has been the same. We, we've always been providers. We've always been out working. We've always been doing things. But now we're asked to be completely emotionally available, be great communicators. And by great communicators, that means that you strip down what's causing you that, that, that desire to want to get to a point where you stonewall. Mm-hmm. Right? Where that, flight, that fight or flight comes in because of what happens to you, Right? To to front to your core, what happens to you when you feel shame or you feel like you're inadequate? Got it. Like that's being asked of women for men to do better. And and if if you ask me, I do think that people should do better. I do think people should do better, and primarily be because and just kind of piggyback off of what what you're saying is because it is asked of society for women to be X Y Z B a provider be a uh you know whether it be primary or secondary be a nurturing mother be a wife and kind of what that looks like because that's still kind of that thing that really didn't change as quickly as it should and and what i mean by that is what i mean by that is is even though women are out working and they're being equal providers right where they're bringing in just as much income as their their male counterpart or sometimes they're bringing in more sometimes they're still required to be a wife right they they still oh, have wifely duties right lots of times and yeah. so and so in a perfect world that should be split too right because if you're working just as hard as me outside the home then the work that happens inside the home should be well, that's where I was going, but we weren't, we weren't getting, I guess we're here now, but. Right. So, so I think right, right there is where we've, some, something needs to, something needs to, to happen. Right. Yeah. As far as if, if this, then that. Right. Cause it's just like, I didn't, no one ever gave me the option to say, hey, you could either stay home and find a man who's going to support you. So then mm-hmm. all of your energy and time and focus could be being a fo- uh, um, being a good mom and being a good wife and taking care of the house. Mm-hmm. Or you can go and get a job. Like, no, it's just that's what we do. Women do the same shit. You, so I, I, I don't feel like I had a choice. And well, for you, yes. But. And for most women. Okay, correct. But there's still, depending on where you live, there's still depending on setup. So that's not the case for all women. There are there saying, are homemakers oh, out there. I'm just saying most. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers look like. How many women do you know who get to stay home compared to women who you work with? But that's not a fair question only because I work with women that work. I don't hang around women that are homemakers. So I don't know. So if you ask me a hundred percent, but I know it's not a hundred percent of women out there that are <laughs> working. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the numbers look like. Okay. But 
where I was getting it, and I think where where what we're talking about is getting lost is is that that demand wasn't placed on women by men. Some of that came from, and a lot of it came from women seeking independence because you are and sometimes adamant. out of necessity. Okay. So okay, so maybe yes, placed by men. If the man wasn't home, what the fuck was the woman supposed to do? If the man up and left, so sometimes yes, I disagree. I disagree. You're you're adding in a, a completely different factor. I'm not I'm not talking about that. Okay. I'm I'm talking about what took place, right? And sure, there there were women out there that had to do it out of necessity, right? And if you go back, it was like I've been saying, it had to do with the wars because of men out there dying, men not being able to fill jobs. So obviously women had to go out there and work and yada, yada, yada. Yes, I understand that, right? But what I'm talking about is a, some of that also had to do with women trying to get freedom and being seen equal in society, which should have happened from the beginning. However, it wasn't. So now we're seeing wrongs being corrected, right? And it's taking time. Mm-hmm. But to where you were getting at or where we were getting at was that has taken place, right, where you can see equality in income or sometimes even women are making more and sometimes men are making more. But even with that, even if there is equality or if the woman is making more, the, the problem that we're also seeing within homes is the, the duties are not split the way that they should be. Because there is this, there is still this disconnect where not just emotionally, but males are not. Household responsibilities. Right. They're not doing the, the things that they need to do. Okay. Right. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the main point and the main argument that I was trying to create, and again, I don't know shit from shit. I could be wrong. <laughs> but it appears from what I've been reading. Mm-hmm is this demand of change Mm -hmm. for men is coming from the women that they are seeking to be in relationships with. I'm just saying, while I don't disagree with that, Mm -hmm. it's I'm saying that it's not for no reason. I understand that. Right. It's because, right, I get it. Right. I get it. So we're just seeing things like kind of, and there right. needs to be some give. And and I do think that as this is talked about more, mm-hmm. this is read about more, people are listening to this or not just this, but just people are, are listening to understanding of people because understanding people is a fairly new thing. Yeah. Right. It, it, this is right f- from what I from what I would imagine. Right. As far as being able to pick up an audio book and get a better understanding right, the, of what's going on right. with you. And then not only what's going on with you, but why. why? And yeah. then we talk about, okay, well, this happened from the, the roots, right? This right. happened from- Understanding ourselves and then understanding each other better. Correct, yeah. correct. I do think that we're going to find ourselves in a position where not only will, not only will males be more, quote unquote, emotionally, unava- emotion, emotionally available, mm-hmm you're going to see something better happen or something deeper happen where they are more in tune on what's going on with them 
and then more in tune with what's going on with women, right? As far as how to effectively communicate with your woman. For instance, to go back to the example that I made earlier, right? If I ever find myself in a situation where we are arguing two separate things, clearly, mm-hmm. right? And then it's brought up where you just don't understand what I'm saying. I, I, you don't understand. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> then now I can say, hey, I, I validate your feelings. I'm sorry. And just let it be. Because at the end of the day, you know I'm not a fucking asshole. Right. Right? And, and I should know that you know that I'm not a fucking asshole. So why am I trying to defend that at the cost of possibly, you know. Uh, uh, or if I feel that you're being an asshole, I'm going to say that. I'm going to lead with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But see, but that's the problem. And so, then, and so then a woman would then better understand how to communicate with their male partner and not do things and say things that will make him feel shame. So you don't think like that sometimes, okay, I'm not saying all the time, mm-hmm. but I sometimes people act like assholes. Correct. I believe that. But I think on both sides, if you're trying to get to a point where there could be effective communication, I think that something should be said and something shouldn't be said. And then maybe later on, after guards are taken down and, and that whole uh, idea of someone might feel shameful or someone might feel like they're being unloved or abandoned, once that's gone, then it, maybe a space could be created where you could get real and honest and say the things that you want to say without making someone feel some type of way. Yeah. But I, I, I don't think in any world should it be acceptable where, you know, if I was being an asshole or more appropriately, if you perceived me as being an asshole, mm-hmm. right? And then you say, you know what? You're being a real asshole. <laughs> I, I don't think in any kind of world you're, you're, you're going to get a, a healthy response. <laughs> right. Because if, if you're asking and, you know, I, I guess we'll just use, use you and I, uh-huh. for example, if you're asking me to do the work to make sure that I do the things that I need to do to be a more effective communicator, which means understanding how you feel and understanding what's going on with me, then the same should be required of you. Right. Right. So not to hit those hot button topics that will make me feel shame, will make me feel like I'm inadequate and then make me feel stress and then make me want to, you know, stonewall as, and not to say that stonewalling is good. Stonewalling is absolutely bad, right? It should never be used by, by anybody, but making me feel like that that's my only option. Right. Because I just got to shut the fuck up. Like that, because that doesn't, that doesn't get anyone anywhere. Because if I stonewall and I just shut up and I shut down, then now you feel like you're being abandoned. Yeah. And not loved. And then right. it's just this. Well, I'm interested to see the second part of the book. Yeah. If I had to guess, if I had to guess, it teaches people how to... <laughs> Make their relationship better without talking about it. Yeah, but because what does that look like? Yeah, what does that look like? <laughs> Not saying you're an asshole. <laughs> if I had to guess. <laughs> I guess. So, how do you feel about this one? Fine. Fine? Yeah. I felt like I was rambling. Ramble, ramble, ramble. I wonder if I hear everything. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I guess I'll just read the book. 
re- or continue to listen to the book. <laughs> continue to right. speed. Did, did we say that I listened to it at 1.8? No, 1.8 times? So. I don't think so. Okay. All right. You should insert a sample. Oh, that's right. When well, I bring it's, it up. It's, it's, on the, it's on the phone. Maybe it, it, I could do it in post you should production. So people can, so people hear, can hear how fast how you I listen to, to it. fucking art. Listen, it, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but I, I get through, I'm getting through it in half the time. Uh, well, you you could do that. Yeah. Kudos to you. I can't. <laughs> Are we going to tell them what uh what you call me when I listen to that? Not fast. That's not mm-hmm. new. Yeah, it's not new. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what else? What? <laughs> Speaking of uh, um, wifely duties, how about you trying to get out of uh, anything that requires you to be in the kitchen because you say That's not people. <laughs> and you didn't ask me about it today, so I was going to tell you that I think I know what's happening. Oh. <laughs> but that's not for the world. It's for the world now. <laughs> you need to bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe. <laughs> no, I just found it real hilarious that when you were, because what were you doing? You were, you were starting the dishwasher, the dishwasher. Yeah. right? So there's something else doing your job right? <laughs> already. My job. <laughs> okay. This is the problem. No, 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 no. You know that that's, that's not the, that's not an issue in, the, in our household. Yeah. You've never washed my clothes. I, 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 I but not because I feel obligated to. In the same way, like, I feel yeah. like I do more dishes only because I make more dishes or more, make more dirty dishes because I'm here more. Okay. But also because I don't, you don't mind things sitting. It bothers me, but that's a me thing. Oh, things don't sit with my Longer my than me. I do, when I cook, I clean as I go. Like, I, but the, I'm also abnormal. I'm just saying, like, I recognize that that's not a normal thing. Right. I, some people cook. They enjoy their meal mm-hmm. and they get to the dishes later or maybe even the next day. I don't like dishes accumulating, period. So like I'll for the most part, I'm doing dishes as I'm cooking or definitely it's very rare that I leave the dishes in there because I, I just it bothers me. But that's a me thing. Right. So I would never require to be like, well, you just leave the dishes. You're, you're like a normal person. Okay. All right. You ready to get out of here? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Whew. It's been episode 60. <laughs> We made it. Yes. Yeah. I'm hot. Uh, the AC doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the lights. Not right now. That's the lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, uh, just double checking. It's my OCD. If you made it this far, we appreciate you. And if you've been rocking with us since episode one, well, for you, six, I don't four, remember, something like that. Four, five, yeah. six. Yeah. What else? Early on. If you've been rocking with us f- since that long, we really, really appreciate you for <laughs> yeah. sticking through all this shit. And it's only going to get better. I promise you. It's only going to get better. <laughs> this is only yeah. 60 in, 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 I guess, in the podcast world. That ain't shit. Right. That's, but that's a lot. It's an a, accomplishment. Well, it, it is. It is. Shows dedication. Correct. 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 But we thank you for rocking with us. This has been another episode of the Feelings First Facts Later podcast, the podcast where we saying shit, but we ain't saying shit. As always, I go by the name Nathan Mitchell, and I did this with the lovely Christina. Hi. Peace. If you're a woman and you're feeling resentful, angry, anxious, or afraid, and your partner's not helping, he is trying to avoid feeling shame. Your anxiety equals his sense of inadequacy or failure. Your anxiety is your most reliable signal of his sense of shame. 
If you're a man and you're feeling resentful, angry, sulky, or withdrawn, and your partner is not helping, she is feeling anxious. Your irritation equals her fear. Your irritation is your most reliable signal of her fear of isolation or deprivation. A clear knowledge of this is crucial. If you hurt your partner when he or she is already hurting, you'll just throw gasoline on the fire. Bye bye bye.